You might think that VPNs are only for the tech savvy, but the reality is that using the internet without it is like writing an important report and forgetting to save. You might be fine, but what if your computer crashes and all your hard work is gone? I always use ExpressVPN because whenever you connect to a public Wi-Fi like that of a cafe or airport, you are exposed to hackers using that network. And you're more vulnerable than you think. Anyone with cheap hardware could gain access to your financial data and passwords and sell it on the dark web. A VPN creates a layer of security that not even a hacker with a supercomputer can get past. I can't surf the internet without my ExpressVPN and I can't stress to you how much I recommend it for your online safety. It works on all devices and it's so easy to use. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash be amazed. That's expressvpn.com slash be amazed and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash be amazed. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Some products need time to find their true calling. Surprisingly, this is true even for some of the biggest brands in the world. And no, I'm not talking about those cookie tins that everyone's mom seems to store sewing kits in. I'm talking about those products that seem to have been the same forever. From bubble wrap to 7-Up, prepare to be surprised as we explore some everyday products originally intended for very different purposes. Two, the Axis powers invaded most of the countries that sourced America's rubber. This left the USA with a shortage of tires, gas masks, boots, and ducks to play with in the bathtub. To counteract this, the US government started researching synthetic rubber compounds. By combining boric acid with silicone oil, researchers created something that bounced like rubber but had an annoying tendency to melt into a puddle when not used. Needless to say, this was useless as a rubber substitute. After all, you can't drive a car with melting tires into battle. But its inventors foresaw a different purpose. Their vision was shared by the owner of the first toy store to stock it, as well as marketer Peter Hodgson, who gave the substance its name, Silly Putty. Through the 40s and 50s, the substance bounced and stretched its way into the children's toy we all know today, making Hodgson a millionaire along the way. It even found its way on board the Apollo 8 space mission, where it kept astronauts entertained and prevented tools from floating around in the cabin. It's up for debate as to who the original inventor of Silly Putty was, but within four years of each other, both Earl Warwick and James Wright had filed patents for a very similar product. Though the case was never closed, there's only one way to settle such a dispute. Silly Putty Fight Another interesting development, in 1865, the English doctor Joseph Lister revolutionized modern medicine. He discovered that by using carbolic acid on surgical dressings, you could significantly decrease the risk of infection. 
Lister's work inspired St. Louis doctor Joseph Lawrence to create a new alcohol-based antiseptic designed for general use in killing germs. Lawrence named this new antiseptic Listerine in honor of Joseph Lister. Listerine would go on to be sold in a distilled form as everything from floor cleaner to a cure for gonorrhea. In the 1890s, the product became popular with dentists and finally became the first over-the-counter mouthwash to be sold in the U.S. in 1914. It secured its identity in the 1920s when the company started marketing it as the cure to chronic halitosis, also known as bad breath. Their ads featured attractive young people who were unable to find love due to their stanky breath, a problem Listerine promised to solve. This ad campaign was a huge success, and Listerine's revenue skyrocketed from $115,000 to more than $8 million in just seven years. And yet somehow the coffee breath epidemic still continues. By the way, did you brush your teeth today? Or are you the kind of person that needs post-it notes to remember doing that? On that note, in 1968, Dr. Spencer Silver, a scientist at manufacturing company 3M, was attempting to develop a super strong adhesive. Along the way to this goal, he inadvertently created a weak adhesive that was reusable and pressure sensitive. He knew there had to be some incredible use for this unusual substance, but wasn't sure what. For years, he promoted his so-called solution without a problem, but couldn't find anyone to develop the idea. Frankly, many viewed an adhesive that was super easy to remove as essentially useless. But in 1974, a colleague of Silver's started using the adhesive to attach a bookmark to his hymn book. Out of this seemingly arbitrary development, the post-it note was born. The distinctive yellow color was in fact somewhat an accident. When the post-it development team borrowed some scrap paper to test from the lab next door, yellow was the only color available. The iconic yellow stuck, and the product launched as the Press and Peel bookmark in 1977. The results were disappointing, so they changed the name to Post-its, opening up a more general purpose for their product. The revamp caught on, spreading globally, like the ever-expanding post-it covered walls of a maniac with a chronic fear of forgetting their groceries. Next up, let's explore the bubble that never burst. In 1957, inventors Alfred W. Fielding and Mark Chavon set out to create an innovative textured wallpaper that the stylish homeowners of the new generation could use to decorate their homes. By heat pressing together what were effectively two plastic shower curtains, they ended up with an unusual textured sheet with uniform air bubbles between the layers. Unfortunately, but not particularly surprisingly, it failed to become the next big thing in the world of interior decorating. But the lightweight new material could trap heat quite effectively, so its second career choice was as insulation for greenhouses. Again, this failed to take off, so Fielding and Siobhan were left scratching their heads in search of use for their quirky product. The invention finally hit its stride in 1961, when the pair decided to market it as a packing material, and it was finally branded as bubble wrap. The unique ability to protect items in transit without significantly increasing the weight of a package was perfect for postage. IBM soon expressed interest in using the product to transport their new 1401 computers, and bubble wrap soon became a household name. But wallpaper and packaging aside, we all know bubble wrap is at its best when it's popped. 
In the 1850s, oil field workers faced constant annoyance by a petroleum byproduct they referred to as rod wax, since it would accumulate on machinery, causing malfunctions. Some workers, however, started to apply it to their cuts and burns, claiming it helped them heal faster. A chemist named Robert Chesseborough, looking for a new venture in the petroleum industry, eventually caught wind of the unusual substance. He discovered that rod wax could be refined into a light-colored gel, much more appealing than the naturally yellowy-black rod wax. Chesseborough traveled around New York proclaiming his new product as a miracle healing cream, even burning his skin in demonstrations and applying the gel to his injuries. He would then show his injuries from previous demonstrations and show how quickly they had healed thanks to the power of petroleum jelly. This slightly insane marketing tactic worked since demand from pharmacists soon spiked and he opened up a whole factory in 1870. He named his product Vaseline, a combination of the German for water, Wasser, and the Greek for olive oil, Aline. While the product's medicinal claims have since been discredited, with its only real ability being moisturization, Chesseborough was a firm believer. When suffering from pleurisy, he drenched himself head to toe in Vaseline and even ate a spoonful a day in his final years. With all that vocal lubrication, he must have been a real slick talker. Perhaps that explains his success. Another interesting development is in our everyday lives. Today, we may see Lysol disinfectant as little more than a useful product to help clean the house, but its array of original uses were surprising to say the least. Originally introduced in Germany in 1889 to help end a cholera epidemic, the product underwent a disturbing change in marketing in the late 1920s. Despite being toxic to birds and fish and deadly when orally consumed by humans, Lysol began marketing itself as a feminine hygiene product. They claimed that vaginal douching with a diluted Lysol solution prevented infections and odors and was therefore great for preserving youth, confidence, and marital relations. While it wasn't marketed as such, Lysol could also be, and was, used as birth control, a chemical trait that should have been a red flag for anyone considering its feminine hygiene applications. Eventually, doctors began to state the obvious that Lysol should not be put anywhere near a woman's privates, or anyone's body in general, and so Lysol transitioned into general cleaning supplies. Best we leave that one under the kitchen sink, not in the bathroom drawer. Now, as a general reminder, do not mix Lysol and bleach. This makes a deadly gaseous compound more colloquially known as mustard gas. Be careful. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Many of us love to listen to loud music while cleaning our houses, and if you've listened to rap or pop music for the past 20 years, you'll more than likely be familiar with autotune. The tool is used to varying degrees of extremity to shift the pitch of vocals, 
but did you know it was originally invented to help find oil? Former Exxon engineer Andy Hildebrand developed Autotune's precursor software to automatically correlate reflected sound waves underwater, helping to locate oil reserves on the sea floor. He soon began tweaking the software so it could be used to analyze and correct unruly notes and recordings of the human singing voice. He released the software in 1997, but it wasn't until 1998 when Cher released her smash hit Believe that the tool got mainstream attention. The producers of Cher's song realized that if they set autotune to the maximum, it could correct the pitch at the exact time it received the signal, creating a whole new robotic-sounding voice aesthetic. While autotune was and still is used for its original purpose of subtle improvements, hip-hop and R&B artists like T-Pain continued in Cher's wake, and the exaggerated stylized vocal approach became ingrained in the music industry. Personally, I'm heading out to sea with a microphone and a laptop. I'm going to use my perfect autotuned voice to find some oil. Going out to sea. Going out to sea. I'm gonna be rich, oh yeah. With the hormonal fluctuations women go through during their time of the month, some have been known to go on the warpath while on their period. But that phrase is much more closely tied to sanitary towels than you might think. During World War I, a material made from regenerated plant fiber and wood pulp known as cellucotton was developed to help soldiers who'd been shot stop bleeding. Its absorbent, lightweight, hygienic properties made it perfect for the role, and it was produced in huge amounts. After the war, self-care company Kimberly Clark found themselves with a massive surplus of cellucotton so the company cleverly repurposed it. They replaced the wartime demand by tapping into a ready-made permanent market that spanned half the population, women. Because the materials used were both readily available and cheap, they could be discarded afterwards and in convenient pad form, the product revolutionized feminine hygiene. Kotex, the largest brand in the mid-20th century, launched its first advertisements for sanitary towels in 1921. Due to the stigma around menstruation at the time, packaging was minimal and subtle, as were advertisements. Stores even had a special box that women could subtly put money into and then take the pads themselves so they could avoid asking the clerk. Despite the initial stigma, it's safe to say Cellucotton found its place in our society. Next up, another invention that had its origins in the wartime. In 1886, slave owner and former Confederate soldier Dr. John Pemberton invented Coca-Cola. After using morphine to ease the pain of his war injuries and becoming addicted in the process, Pemberton essentially invented the drink to treat said opiate addiction. French wine coca, the name given to this early version of Coca-Cola, was made of wine, caffeine, and the white powder of the coca plant. Yep. I'm talking about the same substance that would later make Pablo Escobar famous. Pemberton's French wine coca was advertised as being able to cure basically anything, from constipation to chronic diseases, while also proclaiming to enhance sexual prowess. When prohibition came along, Pemberton removed the wine and shifted the brand from a medicine to a soda, but the other powerful intoxicant remained in the ingredients until 1903. 
After that, Coca-Cola switched to non-psychoactive coca leaves, which remain in use to this day. While Pemberton may have constructed an empire, none of this cured his morphine addiction and he remained addicted until his death. 7-Up has a similarly drug-filled origin story. The drink was invented by Charles Leiper Grigg in 1929 under the less catchy name of Bib Label Lithiated Lemon Lime Soda. The name came from its ingredients, one of which was lithium citrate, a potent mood-stabilizing drug still given to psychiatric patients today. The name was soon changed to 7-Up Lithiated Lemon Soda, which is slightly better and finally just 7-Up in 1936. The true origin of the name 7-Up is much disputed, but the most likely theory attributes it to the drink's seven main ingredients. Carbonated water, sugar, citrus oils, citric acid, sodium citrate, and lithium citrate. The up is thought to have referred to the emotional lift offered by the lithium. If this is the case, then perhaps a name change is in order seeing as lithium was removed from the ingredients in 1948. This followed a government ban on using lithium in soft drinks. Apparently, rotting teeth were just fine, but the U.S. government drew the line at mind-altering soda. So that's why you can't buy Dr. Silvio's psychedelic spritzer anymore. The true origins of seemingly mundane products can be surprising indeed. Thanks for listening to this podcast, and see you next time you want to be amazed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.